The podcast is also sponsored by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music on Instagram at itztiger.music. You can find all his work on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. He does all the music and tracks for the Block Hash podcast. Go check him out. Also, don't forget to check out Blockhash Plus on Patreon. This is something that's new, where you can learn more about trading, technical analysis, and charting, all for the price of two cups of coffee a month. That's pretty damn cheap. Sign up at patreon.com slash Blockhash. And last but definitely not least, Blockhash is offering consulting for all your blockchain needs. Buying, exchanging, selling, safe storage, tokenization, NFT creation, point of sale, you name it. We can help you. Go to blockhashpodcast.com slash consulting and let's talk. What's up, guys? It is Wednesday, March 17th, episode 117. Today, I have Nicholas Pelicanos, head of trading at NEM. That's N-E-M. You probably have heard of them before. The NEM blockchain is splitting into the NIS1 and Symbol blockchain, so two, two blockchains. This is an important development for them, though the NIS1 blockchain will be used as a sandbox for developers, and the Symbol one will be used for more enterprise-grade applications and scaling. This is a really important change to the NEM protocol and ecosystem, and it'll, in the end, probably be very beneficial. So with that said, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain, NEM, Nicholas, and Symbol. Enjoy. All right, Nicholas, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Brandon, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Where are you based? So I'm, um, I'm in London. Uh, I am Australian though. Um, and then, yeah, I've got a Greek heritage. So, you know, I'm all over the place. Yeah. How did, how did that happen? <laughs> how did you get to London? Uh, so uh, it's actually like a, yeah, it's a little bit of a, um, of a mess around to be honest. So, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of ties into my NEM story as well. Uh, so, you know, prior to NEM, I was, uh, well, I still have my own consultancy um, in the space uh, doing primary and secondary market transactions. Uh, NEM Ventures was one of my biggest clients. And when they asked, uh, or sorry, when they sort of took the reins of the blockchain um, to sort of prepare for the Symbol launch, they asked me to come across and help out with that. Um, so the guy who's the CFO is named Ian and he lives in London. So I flew across in February of 2020 mm-hmm. to work with him so we could be in the same room and stuff. February 2020, right? March 2020, whole world goes into lockdown. And I've been locked down in London since. So, um, <laughs> I mean, and Australia is the only place in the world where there is like where it's completely normal. So it was a bad trade. For a trader, it was a real bad trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet, I bet you wish you probably were back there right now. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, actually I do. I would like the heat and stuff, but whatever. I mean, the thing about not being there and being locked down in London is I have no choice but to focus on work. There's no room for distractions. So, hey, in a bull market, that's good. Yeah, I heard you guys were locked down pretty hard in London. Like I've, I've talked to a few other people or interviewed a few other people uh, for the podcast that are also from London, UK. Um, mm. And yeah, they just talk about how the, the lockdown sucks. And they can't really do anything. And 
you can't go yeah. from like city to city like has that improved at all uh man i don't uh, no i don't think so but like you know i'm i don't I, I live right in london like all the people i know here in london play the only thing i wanted to do was sort of travel mm-hmm. around europe um which i will do as soon as we can i'm out i'm out of here but i'm going to the, i'm going to the, i'm going to the greek islands and i'll be there hopefully at times with the top hopefully at times with the top of the bull market like you know bull market peaks and then mm-hmm. um london and europe opens up travel and then i got actually nothing to do so i can just travel around europe and uh, i've got my bull market money so um <laughs> it'll be a good time nice yeah if, you know if nem i guess goes up tremendously um in this bull market you no know, lockdown ends might as well goes for a little european tour right go on vacation <laughs> That's hey, exactly no, what I'm going to no do. Year. No if, man. I think like, um, I don't know what we're up on, on the year, but I think potentially like 100% on the year already. I mean, no, it'd be more than that, wouldn't it? Anyway, we're up a lot on yeah. the year. So, um, yeah, we've got a sort of, I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. know how sort of aware you are of all the events happening with NEM, but we've got, um, mm-hmm. we're kind of releasing our blockchain, uh, like our Ethereum 2.0 version. Um, called symbol on the 15th of march mm-hmm. there's going to be a snapshot of all the balances on the NIS oh, one okay. the xcm token um, and then on the 15th the mainnet goes live and all of those tokens are released so everyone's buying in anticipation of that and uh yeah i mean it's it's very bullish at the moment and uh, i'm sort of anticipating that to carry on until the yeah, i did I, yeah i did see it that kind of moving up in the charts and i saw these big green days i'm like what's going on with nem <laughs> So I just didn't see any like news dropping and then um, started looking to it a little bit more. And I was like, what's the symbol thing? And then mm. got you guys on the, the podcast. I'm like, God, I got so many questions to ask them. <laughs> so the symbol thing, it's like it's like a, an upgrade to NEM or uh, or to the main net or what's what is it yeah. exactly? So uh, basically, NEM is is the ecosystem and within it, there's mm-hmm. sort of well, soon to be two blockchains. One is the NIS1 blockchain, NIS1, and then Symbol. Um, so for some reason, I mean, I know the reason, but in the US, well, I'm guessing you're in the US, right? I know, based on the accent. But. I'm from the US. I'm currently in Colombia right now. Um, oh, true. Really, but maybe <laughs> I can tilt just a little bit. You can see out the window. Uh, come on, auto adjust. Well, I think well, that there, was there's a out there. Yeah. There's a city out there and it's nice and sunny today. Um, but Lucky. yeah, I'm in Medellin. Very nice. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, I mean, sort of in Latin America, we do have a bit of a community, but in, in the States, not so much. Um, NEM is actually older than Ethereum. So the Nismon blockchain um, is one of the oldest, most secure, no downtime, no hacks um, blockchains in the world. And uh, I mean, sort of the community is a lot bigger in Asia than it is sort of in the West. Um, and that's starting to change mm-hmm. now. And I think with Symbol, that'll change a lot more as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that blockchain is sort of has most of the functionalities you'd expect from like a, like a, you know, if you have, think about like the second wave of blockchains when you had like ETH and Cardano and all these types of blockchains coming through, sort of, I would categorize it in that sort of vein rather than like, you know, you had blockchain, sorry, you had Bitcoin and uh, stuff like Dash, which is more just payments um, like chains. Uh, I mean, there's going to be some maxis that will hate me mm-hmm. saying, Bitcoin do everything. But I mean, like if it was doing it, 
I love Bitcoin, but you know, people, there's different chains for, for, for different functionalities, right? And, um, I, that's just natural sort of, right. sort of free market. That's the way it's just working out. But um, yeah, so basically um, with, with that Nizwan blockchain, there was always talk about sort of making like the really scalable version. And uh, that's what the devs have been sort of locked away doing since 20... I don't know, 20, it would have been 2017 potentially. Yeah, around 2016, 2017. So it was like pretty new yeah. after sort of the NIS1 blockchain emerged. The devs like, okay, well, now we've got this. We need to make it super scalable because as you know, like with Ethereum and stuff and even Bitcoin, the scalability issue is sort of what hamstring is. Hamstring is the the whole ecosystem, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, there was a big focus on, on scalability and now that's, um, I mean, sorry. So that was the focus of, of like the core focus of what they were trying to fix with symbol. But I mean, as the space has progressed, like I said, that was like 2016, 2017, they started, there's been a lot more functionalities and, and, um, like needs and use cases for, for blockchain. So this, so rather than being an upgrade to the NIS blockchain, it ended up being a completely new chain that's, that's been built from the, from bottom up, it's a completely new code base. Mm. Um, and yeah, the, the key features it's mm-hmm. it's aiming to fix is scalability, um, interoperability, um, and then it's got a lot of sort of key features like um, like ag- aggregate transactions. Um, uh, it's got hierarchical multi-sig, which is actually like really good for organizations. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think what what like our marketing team says is like it's the enterprise grade chain me personally i like to think about it as more more the bridge between sort of traditional commerce and then the decentralized world um and i think as we as we sort of trend deeper into sort of the world of blockchain and 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 like the rest of the world wakes up to what it can do those bridges are going to be um they're going to be more needed right you know like it's so hard for people to access DeFi and get their head head around what to do there and like having to do with all, deal with all these chains as well. So, yeah, I think what we're trying to do is kind of build more of like a unifying layer. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite exciting mm-hmm. um, on the test net, just on the scalability stuff, which is kind of the main thing we test. It's hard to do an interoperability test with other chains when it doesn't exist, right? Um, but on the test net where we were running 400 transactions a second without really giving up anything, without giving up too much decentralization, which is really fast. Um, and when we set it live, it's going to be live at a, at a hundred transactions per second. Um, and then sort of we'll, mm-hmm. as it starts to like build, we'll like slowly ramp it up. We just don't want to like hit it to capacity right away because, you know, a lot of chains when they start up, gotcha. they, they have downtime because like they put them up and then there's an error and then they got to take the chain down. And it's actually like, you know, I won't sort of, name names and stuff but if you do the research a lot of like the really big chains that you that you like you've right you realize that they had they've had downtime mm-hmm. and so yeah the nis chain never had downtime and i think that's something that we want to make sure we can keep when the chain goes live it's not going to be it's not going to be going down yeah when you say downtime do you mean like applications and things like that just aren't functioning right and um they just have to uh, be shut down temporarily to get bug fixes? Or are you talking about like the whole blockchain? Blockchain, yeah, yeah. So, so like it's a, the thing with like if you have an app or, or DAP or something, um, 
I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of separate, but you know, symbol is a is a is is a protocol, right? It's a blockchain. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's when when I was making the comparison, you'll see um, a lot of chains. Yeah, I mean, you go go through and look at it. A lot of the chains that you wouldn't expect have actually had downtime in their early stages. Like they've had to pull the chain, so it's just it's just down. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's a good explanation, though. Um, you know, it's kind of funny since like 2017, like I knew NEM existed, like it was always kind of in the top 10, top 15 on like coin market cap. So I was like, I always had like a little bit of NEM in like one of my bags. I was like always watching it. Like, I wonder if this will like, you know, take off one day, like, will they be like the next big blockchain? And then like after 2017, you guys kind of disappeared and like, where'd they go? <laughs> yeah. Where'd they go? Yeah. So it's, it's cool to see that you guys got some fun developments coming out and, um, and symbol too. So with symbol that is that just sit on top of the NEM blockchain, like a layer? No, no, no. So, um, it's a, comp- it's completely new chain. It's a completely new blockchain, new code okay. base and everything. So ne- the NEM ecosystem will have two chains. It'll have the NIS one chain, which is the mm-hmm. current chain with XEM. And it will have the new symbol chain, which is like got all the bangs and whistles and whatnot. Um, and that mm-hmm. will have the token XYM and they'll both still exist. So the, so the NIS1 blockchain with XCM will continue to exist. And there's sort of like, if you need to sort of have like a decentralized application that's doesn't need like all the bells and whistles, um, you'll probably build it on mm-hmm. M because it's cheap to run on, on that NIS1 chain. Uh, but if you sort of want to have more advanced functionalities, mm-hmm. And you need more scalability. You'd probably build on, on uh, symbol. Got it. Is, is symbol going to have a token? Yeah. So that the token is XYM, and how how you get XYM? I mean, I, I guess before it lists is um, all of the XEM tokens, right? So there's the Nizwan blockchain. XEM mm-hmm. is the token. On the twelfth of March. So what are we? The fourth in eight days. Uh, there's going to be a snapshot of all of the um, XCM account balances. And then on the 15th uh-huh. of March, um, the symbol mainnet, mainnet will go live, right? Which is, it's a, it's a new blockchain. And all of the mm-hmm. uh, balances of XCM will be uh, credited one-to-one with XYM on the new blockchain. So easy way to think about it is mm-hmm. one XCM today will equal one XEM plus one XYM on the 15th of March, which is actually my birthday as well. So, I mean, hopefully it's a, it's a good day. <laughs> I don't want to nice. be dealing with any shit. On the- <laughs> that, it's going to be a, a very big day. That's, that's a good birthday to have an airdrop on <laughs> yeah, the protocol you're working on. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So I have until March 12th to get myself a snapshot so I can get some XYM, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just on top, just on on that, um, if you have your XEM on an exchange that is supporting um, Symbol and and has opted in the wallet, you can just leave it there, and they'll take care of all of the um, crediting and the opt in and whatnot. So uh, on our um, on our website uh, nem.io, and then also on our uh, Twitter, which is at nem official you'll see that we're like, we've posted all of the exchanges that you sort of need, but I mean, the, all the big guys are there and um, I'm not all of them are listing it yet, but I mean, I imagine those announcements will come out 
um, like the trading volumes for, for XEM at the moment are like one and a half billion dollars a day, which is quite high for an alt. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're an exchange, you definitely want some of that one and a half billion dollars. Yeah. What's the the circulating supply going to be initially for XYM when it comes out? Because I know that can dictate a lot of uh, people's opinions on whether or not they want to do the snapshot or um, jump in and invest right away. Because I imagine there'll be a lot of people that buy NEM at the last minute to get that snapshot. Yeah. So um, it's it's going to be exactly the same or more or less the same as the um, as the NIS one. So the, like the because we're just snapshotting all the tokens over. Um, right. So that that chain has what is it's like nine billion tokens which is a lot right um yeah it's, it's actually too many in my opinion but i mean the thing is they're like that's why it's a cheap like it's you know you look at market cap you don't look at price so uh, the, a lot of people get it, have a thing with the circulating supply but um you just i mean if you just hold more it doesn't really matter um because it's sort of it's, it's equivalent right you know like people like you know yfi everyone's like oh it's so expensive like, oh, you get, get it. it's like there's not that many that's why it's so expensive um we just break it down the market it's market cap mm-hmm. you look at, look at you don't look at price i think a lot of people and because a lot of people yeah. in the crypto market are so new to sort of trading and whatnot they're like oh the price price right it's like you know if you do if you buy on price you're gonna get smacked around i mean there's there's so there's two things right there's cir- circulating supply and then there's like um the the diet like um the the total supply and circulating supply and you got to kind of look at the both both of those I don't actually have the numbers on the top of my head, um, but we do have a tokenomics document out there um, publicly on our website. You can go and check all this stuff. I mean, should I could, I could actually bring it up, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll need a computer. So I, I'll just tell people to look up, right? Um, yeah, but, I mean, if you have a link to it, uh, yeah, send it to me if you have a link. Yeah, sure, sure. But I mean, the main thing is a lot of the balances are getting um, shipped over, but um, mm-hmm. what's kind of different in the tokenomics is the um uh the inflation so it's the it, again like it's got a, a max supply but the inflation schedule will sort of mimic that of uh of btc but rather than the block reward um mm-hmm. the halving happening every sort of what is it like two, two like four years or whatever it is um it's going to happen um yeah it ha- i think it happens sort of every three months or something like that but don't I'll get you that document rather than people listening to this and being like, oh, taking it for gospel. I didn't write, I didn't write the tokenomics. So, so I've read it, but it's the, the figures have slipped past me. You know? Yeah, no worries. Have you guys ever considered doing like a token burn given how many you have um, kind of floating around in total supply or circulation? Or is that something you guys are able to do or just kind yeah, of curious? I mean, well, anyone can do it, right? All you have to do is send your tokens to the Genesis address. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you want to burn? If you've got a heap, if you've got a bunch of tokens, do you want to burn your tokens? Probably not. Um, so like then there's like a, a group, like a big pool of tokens, um, that is sort of used for the benefit of the ecosystem. And, um, you know, it's, it's up for community vote, you know, if there's if there's enough demand cause we're decentralized, right. You know? anyone in the community can sort of put a proposal forward and then try and get things to happen. So, I mean, if there's demand there, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, you know, we, we just take a bunch of the um, sort of ecosystem funds and just burn them. Um, 
But I mean, they're already sort of out, out mm-hmm. of supply yeah. because they're sort of just sitting in a wallet and, you know, they're used every so often, rarely to sort of fund things. No, but I mean, I'm yeah, I could, I, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it, and like, like I said, it's decentralized. Anyone can put forward a proposal, and whenever you get enough votes, yeah, you you could put a proposal uh, forward. I I think correct to do like a burn of uh, the uncirculated tokens. Like, is that possible? And just make like an update. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of this stuff's possible. So I guess this is another good feature with um, with. The, with NIS one and symbol is like sort of one of the pioneering chains of mm-hmm. um, like um, uh, what do we what do we call it uh, P, uh, POI voting so like proof of importance um, so it's like how important is your wallet and you know if you've held if your wallet's been around for a long time and it transacts a lot and it's voted in previous votes like you get more importance because obviously you care more about the ecosystem you're more engaged in the ecosystem. So, uh, yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is, this is like another feature that will continue over the symbol and, uh, yeah, like any, anyone can get involved. And I, I mean, I look, honestly, I, it's, it's something that it has been discussed. It's definitely been discussed. Um, like, mm-hmm. but it, what's, what's the purpose? Um, and perhaps, you know, once we see what the proper commerce looks like on symbol, then we can get a bit better idea of what the supply should be. But see, the thing is, um, when these core devs built, like, like way early on, when it was sort of first created, NEM was meant to be like the backbone infrastructure for the digital age. And uh, because of that, I think they felt they needed a high circulating supply because the end goal is that, you know, you've got all these people using it and like, you know, the thing with Bitcoin being like the global currency, which could potentially could be it one day, but you ha- how we, how does that look like when you're transacting? You know, it's like you want to buy, like even today, you want to buy, exactly. say you wanted to buy a piece of gum, a packet of gum, which is like one buck, right? You go, uh, well, it's going to be 0.000 whatever Bitcoin. And I think, you know, that was the reason sure. why we had the high supply. Um but I mean, we can see it's it's all sort of an mm-hmm. evolving it's an evolving ecosystem, evolving con- economy. So you know, what what's the right thing to do today is maybe not the right thing to do tomorrow, and what was the right thing to do two years ago is probably not the right thing to do today. So I mean, it's 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 evolving, and like I said, anyone can put forward a proposal, and you know, the community wants it all happen. We're decentralized. Yeah, I, I think token burns are interesting. I'm not necessarily. A- against them or for them but it's like people get all caught up with the fact that you know obviously you want whatever you're holding to go up in value because you're investing so much time into it so like i can understand it from like that perspective Hmm. um but it's like once you get to like the the level of demands for for nem for example or for that blockchain that level of interest it's gonna go up naturally regarding you know how much is in circulation because it just becomes a supply issue. Um, like a lot of these exchanges right now, they've had some serious liquidity issues and supply issues in terms of certain cryptos because they couldn't you know, provide them as quickly and then it would jack up the prices on some of the exchanges. So there's, there's some throttling that was going on there. But you know, same thing with NEM. I don't, one day you, know, you could have tons of Fortune 500 companies in the US that want to use it, right? And all of a sudden, you know, they're That's all the buying company. up NEM 
yeah, they're all buying up them and uh, XYM with symbol and they're all trying to build stuff at the same time. That supply is going to, you know, come down very quickly um, from public exchanges and the price is going to go up regardless. So I always tell people like the total market cap you see, it's always this arbitrary number because it can always change and it all depends on supply. So, but I mean, that's an, like an interesting point um, on sort of fortune 500 companies like buying the asset. This is something that sort of clicked with me um, when, you know, I kind of, when MicroStrategy started to uh, put BTC onto the balance sheet is so, so like MicroStrategy is doing it because they're like, oh, well, it's an inflation hedge. And then now I think, I think it's sort of evolved into something else. Like, you know, I think potentially maybe he's dug himself a little bit of a hole and he just needs to keep, keep and keep feeding the beast. Otherwise his company goes buster. But, um, I mean, like, you know, long-term, mm-hmm. it's probably a decision. Uh, but short-term volatility, you know, I'm sure that guy's having some sleepless nights when we get the 30% pullbacks. But um, what, what, you know... Yeah, well, I mean, I, if I could tell him one thing, I'd be like, welcome, welcome to crypto. I'd just be like, yeah. welcome to crypto, because that's, like, how we all feel. We all buy Bitcoin yeah. and we hold our breath, hope it goes up, right? Yeah, so. yeah. But here's the thing, right? So to say that's the inflation hedge, um, what, where I see the future going with all of these like decentralized applications and sort of, this is kind of where, where I see symbol fitting in, you know, how I s- sort of started this off saying that it's kind of like the bridge or the, or the like unifying layer, uh, with crypto is if you're a, um, like a fortune 500 company or just like a, a smaller company, right. And you're using one of these, um, public chains, you need to hold the token, right. So therefore, you need to have that asset on your balance right. sheet. It's not a strategic investment like maybe MicroStrategy is doing, but it's a it's a, it's it's an it's an uh, it's something that's needed, right? Because if you want to operate whatever infrastructure mm-hmm. you on chain, you need that asset. And then it's kind of like a domino effect. I, I feel like you know, and this is the beautiful thing about crypto is, is the network effects that that get built in. When you have sort of a big logistics um, company move on chain and they're running a lot of their systems on chain, public chain, um, it's going to just force all of the smaller partners they have to start running on chain as well. And then, you know, you don't need too many big players to move on chain until you have like a serious amount of people on chain and they all need to hold the asset on their balance sheet which is like a whole nother bullish narrative that people are completely sort of blind to at the moment. And this is sort of what it, what's exciting me now. Uh, and particularly with Symbol is like, we're kind of on the cusp. We're kind of on the cusp. If I kind of look through crypto through the lens mm-hmm. of um, the adoption curve, and I'm, I don't know if you've seen the adoption curve. If anyone's listening, they don't know what the adoption curve is. Mm-hmm. Is this video or is this just audio, by the way? It's uh, video and audio. I mean, unless you prefer just audio, but it's up okay. to you. Oh, well, just because I was going to sketch it out in my hand. It, on the, It's recording. Right? If you can see me and you're looking at this, adoption curve is like yes, a bell curve. You can it's got like it out. five segments, right? So it's got um, innovators, mm-hmm. um, early adopters, um, early majority, late majority laggards. And then I think there's like, a, like a, a first one or whatever, but I just say innovators is the first one, right? Because I've been in crypto for some time now, I've sort of see these 
different cycles playing out over and over. And I mean, it's it's all it's like a fractal. Like they they they're within themselves and they're without themselves. These adoption curves. Um, so for every innovation, you'll have innovators, early adopters, early majority, late majority for every innovation, but also for the technology itself, it will follow that. So where, where I think we are in crypto is like, we've had the innovators and sort of early adopters was kind of last cycle, right? You know, and I think this cycle is kind of the end of that early adopters segment and next cycle is early majority, right? Or this turns out to be like some super cycle mm-hmm. that, that crosses over into early majority. But what's the early majority look like? And it's that. It's that. It's when you have Maersk shipping, owning Ethereum or Symbol because it's they just need to, to run their supply chains or DHL mm-hmm. is doing all these little tiny micro transactions on chain and to communicate mm-hmm. with some guy's Amazon store or something like this, you know, it's just going to be some crazy like infrastructure going on in the background, but all, all of the participants will need to own the asset and whoever though captures those network effects, mm-hmm. you're going to see crazy returns on that currency. Oh yeah. Where do you think NEM is in terms of that, you know, adoption curve? Cause I feel like some projects are farther, a lot farther ahead than others. And some are, um, smoke and mirrors, some are like the real deal. Um, like where do you think NEM sits in terms of, cause it's been kind of quiet the last few years and then now it's going through what seems like some big change and getting a lot of attention again. Um, where do you think it kind of sits? Yeah. Okay. Good question. I think there's a few things there that, you know, to answer. I mean, the first is like to address is the sort of quietness, right? Which is, which is like, it's a fair observation. Basically, um, you know, I think all blockchains had a bit of a rocky past um, and, you know, take from that what you will. But, um, you know, like I said, my client was the NEM Ventures team, not the NEM Foundation. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the NEM Ventures team sort of took the reins of the chain, I was like, okay, that's a team that I can really back and get behind. And I think since sort of that, and so they've like NEM groups formed and that's what I'm part of. But like since then, that's when you start to see like the explosion in sort of activity on chain and just partnerships and everything. It's because it's kind of revitalized it. I think it was more or less, you could say it was kind of like mismanaged or misguided or I don't know what it is, but something slowed it down and that's sort of certainly changed. And I mean, you can see that in the price, right? When NEM Group took the reins of of the chain, right? And when, again, we're not like we dictate everything because it's decentralized. We kind of just have, we're here to deliver symbol and then whatever's next. But we came in at like four cents. I was like three, four cents. And now it's at like, what, 80 cents? So it's like... Yeah, things are starting to change. Where is NEM in the adoption curve? You know, well, we're certainly behind Ethereum, I can tell you that much, right? And behind BTC, of course, right? Um, and so this is this is this is raising the question. It's like, why do you need why why do you need NEM? Like, what's it do? Like, why can't we just have Ethereum? Um, but yeah, it's 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 just that. 
the space miss the space is lacking that unifying layer. The space is lacking sort of cheap, fast transaction, um, and the space is lacking easy functionality, right? And this is something that like was very popular mm -hmm. with the Nip pain when it first came. It was plug and play. People would go in there and make these applications, right? Uh, and, you know, rather than having to be specialized in like a, like a, a unique programming language like Solidity, uh, with Symbol, it's it's still has that plug and play functionality. So you can just, you know, you can come on there and build an application without having too much an understanding of sort of pro of like a deep understanding of programming languages. But beyond that, it supports multiple programming languages. So if you're if you're in an enterprise and you want to use blockchain functionality, you can come onto the symbol chain and you can just build whatever you want in whatever language you're used to, and it's not going to be expensive to run. Mm -hmm. A, it's not going to be expensive to run, and B, because it's easy to build on, and um, well, yeah, because because it's easy to build on and, and cheap to run. Those network effects can really blow up. So if you're if you if you have like a partner company that you need to be running this application or infrastructure stack with, they can get involved quite easily as well. Um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of where I see it sort of fitting in. So where is it in the adoption curve? Well, I mean, Symbol doesn't exist yet, so <laughs> it's going to be in that innovator state um, stage. But I will say. Um, we have quite an effective um, uh, like tech consulting team that's sort of bringing development on chain. Um, I think sort of one of the more notable projects was um, when the Lithuanian um, central bank issued the first central bank digital currency on chain, and they're going to be using some of the symbol blockchain, like it was on the NIS one chain, but they're running symbol tech in the background. Um, and that was last year, right? Mm -hmm. So. I mean, when you have governments building on chain, that's that's something else. And uh, you know that actually, like, when I think sort of other governments saw that like it's possible to do this like CBDC on chain, you know, it wasn't like we had a few like a few sort of governments coming in and like you know there's discussions there and stuff. I mean, I can't say any more than that. But I think that's sort of interesting, right? Like sure. the narrative we're pushing is not like it's it's not where like an ethereum killer it's not it's not and i don't think anyone in our team sees the space like that really how the space how i think the space mm -hmm. will look similar to the internet today right so you know you've got all of these different layers and protocols talking to each other like when you go into internet like you know http and then you've got html you've got all of these different sort of protocols talking to each other and I think that's how how the sort of blockchain sort of mm -hmm. web three if you want to call it that looks. It's like you'll have these different chains for doing these different things, and this chain will be used for talking to that chain, and this will be more for like logistics, and this will be for finance, and this will be if you want to have something really digital, uh, really decentralized, and if you want, hey, if you want to have something that is completely anonymous, there's also all of these chains. Which, if you look at it from a bird's eye view, that's what it looks like now. It's just all of those functionalities are going to start to get tied together more and more as it evolves. And, you know, as a user looking at the front end, you won't realize what's going on in the back end, you know, much like AI is today. Like when you're texting, you don't realize it. 
well, you, maybe you realize it, but most people don't realize it, but they're using an AI right there. That predictive text is, that's an AI algorithm. Um, so there's a lot of really crazy tech, you know, yep. that we use every day that we just don't realize. It. And, I, and that's probably what blockchain ends up looking like. Yeah, that that will be blockchain. It, it'll be that tech that runs and helps power everything. And we just don't even know it's there anymore. But it, it'll also have its public side too. Um, but you don't think there'll be one chain to rule them all? You, you think there'll be a, a diverse amount of competition? Yeah, yeah. And like there'll be certain chains that are used for certain um, functions, yeah, like I said, certain functionalities. Like I think Ethereum as the ultimate decentralized chain is like a great narrative. And I, I, that's how I view it. Like, you know, if you want to have like a really decentralized application, which is, which is, you know, it's needed, um, particularly in sort of like the, the emerging world, like emerging economies, you know, you know, you might've heard about what's happening in like Africa and even in, yeah, even in Latin America with, mm-hmm. with a lot of like that, um, like decentralized applications, um, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of what Ethereum will look like, and there's there's other chains that will sort of fit in around that. Um, but because of what how Symbol's built, it's it's really easy to run hybrid chains with it. So I don't think people will look at Symbol and be like, I mean, you can do it on, you can build a completely decentralized application, but I just think because of the functionalities and toolkits you have available on that chain people will look at it and be like, okay, well, I'm going to build this decentralized app and then plug it in to this um, financial infrastructure that already exists. And I'm going to use symbol chain to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's going to be all sort of different sort of verticals where you'll see a different chain will have some sort of dominance. But yeah, the, the, the one chain to rule them all is probably going to be Bitcoin because, you know, Bitcoin is is the oldest and um, I mean, BTC dictates the market, right? So in some sense, yeah. as much as Bitcoin can rule. Well, Bitcoin's one. really simple and it's also one of the first movers and um, people just have so much faith and trust in it. I just don't ever see it really going away. You know, it's probably always going to have that intrinsic value. I think at this point, it'd be unfair to say that it isn't a store of value. It, it outperformed everything the last decade, best mm. asset of the last decade. Mm. Um, so, I, you know, it could be used for payments too in the future. It's not out of question. Like, let, I don't know, let's say Lightning Network, you know, becomes mm. a really big thing and everyone's using it. Then, yeah, I guess people could use Bitcoin at Starbucks mm. and to buy a donut, right? Mm. But the reality is it'll probably be for smaller transactions like transaction volume will probably come down is my guess and it'll be used every day and then my other guess is like with ethereum i I, because it's so early for it back in the day it was a first mover um you know sometimes that's a disadvantage because everyone can figure out how to build something better (laughs) and there's a lot of good projects like nem for example that are figuring out how to build something better um and ethereum just not coming to consensus, which is funny in this space when everything's about consensus. <laughs> so, no, in my opinion, I think Ethereum will probably end up being like the NFT platform where people, you know, build out dApps for like collectibles and stuff like that. And it'll probably always be fairly low volume with some high fees, but um, it, they'll fix some of that stuff in time. 
but I think where you know enterprises and governments and corporations, institutions, you know, where they ended up investing their money speculatively, building stuff, it'll probably be places like NEM and Symbol um, and some other blockchains as well that kind of fit the same niche because they'll just be better. You know, they'll be able to scale and they'll be cheaper and it'll it'll make more sense. It's just kind of how I envision this market shaping out in the future. Oh, I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right. <laughs> That's why we're building it. So it gets used. <laughs> how, how do you think NEM, um, or I guess NEM and or Symbol do or will stack up with, I guess, competition in the space? Because there, there I mean, there's a few other blockchains I can think of off the top of my head that are kind of going for like the same um, target market, I guess, like Cardano, mm. for example, or Hedera. Or um, I guess ETH 2.0 if it can actually get there. Um, but how do you, how do you feel NEM and Symbol stack up competitively? Yeah, so I guess it goes back to my sort of my thesis on how the space ends up looking. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of think that the way ETH's built and the way that because it's because it is like such as it's just this big beast with all these different parties, all building different things. Um, it's just going to end up being like this really decentralized chain that does a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the thing about being someone like, like being in our position is because you're small, you're more agile. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we can, we have like, because we have such a tight community, we can just push things through easy and we can focus and we can target things. So, I mean, yeah, that, so I mean that. So that's that's with ETH, right? I just think it's like this big beast, and pe all these people will do these different amazing things on ETH. Uh, but um, as a chain, it's not going to be pigeonholed. And I think what we'll what we'll see with with Symbol is it is it kind of just ends up being like that unifying layer, you know? And uh, like, mm -hmm. so you think about like Cardano as well um they're kind of trying to do i feel like they're more similar to trying to do what eth is but i mean no one's really i mean this is the thing no one really builds on anything apart from ETH, anything with substance like it's the same with without means like the, the biggest applications we have built on chain are enterprise applications right um like like i was talking about with the lithuanian central bank like stuff like that um we don't have uniswap and Uniswap is such a crazy, is such a crazy like invention. Uh, if you think about like what that mm -hmm. is, it's an, it's actually amazing because you you have this decentralized application that's sometimes its volumes rival Coinbase, right? There's no, there's no sure. like central party managing it. It just exists. Anyone can go on and use it. Uh, so I think that's like you know you need you need these apps on chain that sort of like these killer apps that drive adoption. And uh, I think when you're a, like, if you're a developer and you're sort of, you want to build a, like a decentralized application, um, you probably just go where the network effects are. And I think that's why ETH ends up just being like this sort of really decentralized thing because everyone's just going to be building there. And these other smaller chains Unless they just are way better. And I think a lot of people, you know, we've got people coming over to us now who've said to us, like, yeah, we wanted to build on ETH, but it's just too expensive for what we want to do. And a lot of what they're trying to do isn't like 
decentralized finance because ETH owns decentralized finance. Or for instance, with End, like, you know, Engine, they, um, they, they're like a good chain for NFTs, people building their NFTs. Um, so with Symbol, I guess we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. But I know like we've got people coming over from all different sort of verticals, uh, like bar, D, bar DeFi, because I think most of DeFi is there. Well, I haven't heard of anyone coming over who's in DeFi yet, to say the least. But we've got all these people coming from different verticals wanting to build on chain. But I think, you know, what we'll see is like that enterprise drive. Um, and I think we'll sort of see it sooner than sooner rather than later. Yeah. You know, zeroing in on Uniswap for just a second, that's one of the most, the coolest and one of the most amazing applications I've seen built on blockchain personally, just because it's a decentralized version of, you know, what the exchanges do mm. and, you know, it's, you know, very inexpensive and it's fast. Um, and I've used it a ton to swap tokens on Ethereum. It's just like, can you imagine if you held a whole bunch of Apple stock and you wanted it in to be in GameStop instead? And you could instantly swap that into GameStop mm. without having to sell and rebuy and then wait or have to deal with a wash rule period or an inquiry or, mm. or you know, on an exchange, you know, going through all those extra steps, being able to do it so fast. I don't know. Mm. To me, that's just yeah. incredible. But it's, it's, it's not just, it doesn't just end there, right? So the thing with the space is, um, yeah, like this is kind of what bum, what sort of bummed me out in 2017 is like you had all these applications coming in, but, you know, all of them needed to have like some hotshot market maker who was just like some traditional finance finance company, right, doing the market sure. making. But also like every year, I mean, everyone sort of heard about what exchanges were charging these um, like applications to list, right? Like you're talking six figures listing fees and whatnot. When really, like, doesn't really cost that much money. I'm sure, sure there's dev work, but it's, you know. Um, so, yeah, to see sort of that those sort of cartels, like these big market makers and, like, the exchanges, like, lose out a little bit to decentralized. Because, I mean, this is the thing. It bummed me out because it was mm -hmm. becoming centralized on exchanges and it's meant to be decentralized. So Dex has fixed that. You know the decentralized digital world will can be decentralized and digital because the exchanges that aren't even controlled by anyone anymore and you know like exchanges mm -hmm. um like when when sort of uni started and we had all these like tokens getting a lot of volume just out of nowhere right you know it was just people experimenting uh you had a lot of the big exchanges that have these really like stringent listing policies and like, oh, you know, security, blah, blah, blah. Like, what is it? Like, you know, we go through all these legal things. It's going to take, you know, you're going to have to pay all this money and blah, blah, blah. They just instantly list them because they're like, oh, shit, we're going to lose out on volumes here. We got to, we got to own some unis. We got to own some uni and some sushi and whatever, whatever other food token that there is out there. So, yeah, I think that was really interesting. Like just Pancake to observe. swap. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, I I I love it. Yeah, love it's it. it's been, yeah, yeah, me too. It's it's been pretty cool to watch some of that stuff. Well, one more question, and then we can you know kind of wrap up a little bit because I know we've been going for a little while. 
Um, but I, I saw something about a global exchange trading tournament to celebrate or like commemorate symbol or celebrate symbol. Like what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it's, it's good. You asked, um, basically, uh, we've, we've got a lot of exchange relationships. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. we like, well, like the exchanges want to do trading competitions and we like, we're like, we're happy with that because, you know, it, it's good for our community. They can go in there and they can trade it and it's a bit fun and they can, they can win some, Zem or whatever is is the prize pool. Uh, so rather than like just doing them willy nilly as they came, you know, because we get proposals from exchanges all the time, just sort of like banked them up and said, just can you do it on this date? Um, so yeah, we got all these proposals in. Said do them this date, and you know, we we would love to be throwing a party right now, like a launch party for Symbol somewhere in the world, but we can't because the whole world's locked down. So this is our way of having a party. It's like a big festival, right? We're just having this digital festival where you can go and you can trade XEM anywhere. And, you know, the third wave, so it's three waves, two two weeks on XEM. The third week is on XYM. And you can go and trade um, on any, like on all of these venues. Like there's a lot of, there's half a million dollars up. I think it's actually is going to end up being over half a million up for reward. Um and you can go into mm-hmm. all these exchanges. Like, you, there's nothing to stop you from trading on like five exchanges. Um, just go in there and try and win as many rewards as you can. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, third week is going to be on symbol. So that's like the day it starts the day it lists. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be exciting as well. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of our way of sort of giving back and like, you know, also having those exchange relationships and, and working with the exchanges gets them involved in, in the uh, festivities as well because you know we're an ecosystem and exchange is a part of the ecosystem so it's good that we can party with everyone mm. virtually rather than in, right. in real yeah yeah that sounds fun it sounds like a good idea too um you know what what exchanges are participating in that are, are u.s exchanges doing that as well like like binance or bitrix or yeah so um no, we don't have Bitrex. Um, um, we we have Binance CIS uh, for Wave Two. We haven't announced Wave Three yet, uh, which is the Symbol Wave. Um, so, like you know, Wave One was more regional exchanges. Um, wave Two is like your, your bigger names. Um, so mm-hmm. we yeah, like you know, I can't say them like until they actually announce it. But like you know, oh, okay. if you go and look through everything, you can kind of get an idea of who's involved but you know we yeah we just had binance cis announced today um and yeah we've got there's a lot there's a lot of exchanges like you know the, the well-known exchanges that you would know that are getting involved um and they're all sort of pop starting now as of today which is the fourth um so yeah i mean just like following our twitter you'll see them popping up and yeah that's it's just like a core thing is giving back to the community yeah, that's always good. It's always good to do. Sounds fun. Sounds exciting. Um, I, I guess it's a good place to wrap up because we covered so much stuff. Um, what, one, yeah, one more quick question. In your title, when it says head of trading, like it sounds really cool, but like, what is it? Like, yeah. What does that so, mean? So um, two, two, two things, right? Number one is we have an mm-hmm. internal portfolio, which I manage. Number two is... A lot of the like token dynamics, liquidity, um, 
yeah, just like a lot of the more internal trading that happens, uh, like OTCs and whatnot, I sort of sit at sit at the top of, um, and and sort of manage that way. So yeah, I mean, really, I just want to I just want to trade, yeah. but the thing is, because it's such like a such a new industry, I end up getting dragged into a bunch of things like tr- organizing and trading tournaments. So <laughs> yeah, it's I, I end up being a lot of. <laughs> lot of things but i main focus is sort of like the main the main my main focuses are like liquidity management um and then that internal portfolio cool cool if if people want to like follow what you guys are doing in terms of development all these new changes and releases where's a good place for them to go just the website or is there a blog or social media the best place or a discord or telegram or yeah so um there's 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 a fair few um I think sort of the best place to go to sort of get the directory to all of those is nem.io. And then there you've got links mm-hmm. to like the symbol website. You've got links to our Facebook, like our LinkedIn, our Twitter, our Reddit. We've got Bitcoin talk. Um, yeah, they're probably, that, I mean, that's probably all you need. Obviously we've got telegram, which is sort of where a lot of sort of information shared in the crypto space. So we, our telegram is, I think it's Nem Red. I think that's the actual thing to search for. Um, so yeah, we got Nem Red. Mm-hmm. We got Nem Traders, which is more just like trading chat. That's a Telegram channel, and we also have Nemberia, which is just like more shit posting. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mean, and then obviously Twitter. We kind of post our bigger updates. Um, so that's at Nem Official. Um, but while you're there, also follow me. I think. I am at the underscore N underscore source, S-O-U-R-C-E. And uh, last thing is the NEM hub, which is like our sort of internal sort of NEM website where we, you know everyone in NEM can just discuss NEM related things. So plenty of places to get info basically. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'll have you uh, send them over uh, later and I'll make sure that they go into the episode description so people can easily kind of find them and pick and choose where they want to go, I guess. Um, Nicholas, thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, expanding on NEM and Symbol and everything you guys are doing. It's, it sounds very exciting. I'm, I'm excited to get in on the snapshot and get some XYM as well. Yeah, cool, man. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs>